Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The word for the fourth Sunday in Lent comes from John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Everyone knows and loves John 3.16. It's perhaps the most well-known passage in the whole Bible. People hold it up on signs and banners at sporting events. They post it on billboards and business cards. John 3.16 is famous for being the simplest presentation of the gospel, or the gospel in a nutshell. That's the expression we use. It's a simple and compact summary of a rich and complex message that could easily be just folded up in the shell of a nut and carried in your pocket. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Gospel in a Nutshell It's a fitting illustration because, like a nut, John 3.16 is a healthy and nutritious treat that stands the test of time and, when planted, will grow into a mighty tree which bears fruit, in this case more nuts, to grow more trees for eternal life. It's the gift that keeps on giving. While we are familiar with this gospel nugget, people are generally less familiar with the words and context surrounding that famous little Bible verse. And perhaps it's for good reason. The verses surrounding the 16th verse of the third chapter of John's gospel all say basically the same thing. Some variation of whoever believes in Jesus will be saved is repeated no less than four times in a relatively short span. For example, in just the previous passage, John 3:14-15, Jesus himself gives a simple presentation of the gospel using an illustration of his own. No nutshell required. He said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus used the Old Testament account of the bronze serpent as a simple illustration of the gospel. You have heard the story. After the Lord led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt with mighty signs and wonders, even walking through the Red Sea on dry ground, the people grumbled against the Lord and his servant Moses. They didn't trust the Lord, but accused him of setting them free just so that they would die in the desert. 
And besides that, they were getting tired of eating manna, that miraculous bread from heaven just wasn't cutting it anymore. They wanted more, something better. And so the Lord sent fiery serpents to bite them. Just for your information, fiery probably doesn't describe that they were actually burning serpents, but it's probably talking about their color or their burning bite. The point is, many died. It didn't take long for the people to see the error in their ways and repent. They went to Moses and confessed their sin. We have grumbled against the Lord and against you. They asked Moses to pray to the Lord to take away the serpents. And that's what Moses did. He prayed for the people and God answered, but not by simply taking the snakes away. Easy come, easy go. Rather, he gave them a sign. Another snake. But this time, he put it on a stick. God instructed Moses to make a fiery serpent and put it on a pole so that everyone who is bitten can look at it and live. Jesus used this Old Testament image of a fiery bronze serpent on a pole to illustrate how he too would be lifted up on a cross so that whoever looks on him and believes would not perish but have eternal life. And so, if John 3.16 is the gospel in a nutshell, John 3.14-15 is the gospel on a stick. In the same way that John 3.16 is written on things at as evangelism tools, I've also written here John 3.14-15 on a popsicle stick. It seems like a good illustration to me. We often put things on sticks or rods to make them more portable and easier to handle. When you go to the fair, you might eat a corn dog or some other food on a stick so that you can eat it and be fed and nourished on the go. We also can take John 3:14-15 on the go as a reminder of the wooden pole Moses lifted the bronze serpent on and the cross upon which Christ was lifted, that whoever looks on him and believes will have eternal life. We also put things on sticks and poles, like signs and banners, to make them easier to show to the world. You can lift up a popsicle stick with John 3, 14-15 written on it, so that others can see and believe and have eternal life in Jesus. I made a whole bunch of these popsicle sticks to pass out after the service, or you can even make them yourself. Just write John 3, 14 through 15 on a popsicle stick, and you can share it with a friend or a stranger to show that Jesus was lifted up so that whoever looks on him in faith will have eternal life. You can spread the gospel on a stick. It's so simple. Believe and be saved. Look to Jesus. That's it. Imagine that you were bitten by a venomous snake and were going to die unless you got an antidote and fast. The only problem is you're in the middle of nowhere and there is no way to get to a hospital in time. What would you do? You would probably be willing to try just about anything, no matter how much of a long shot it might seem to be. If someone told you that you should look at a bronze snake on a pole and you will live, you might be tempted to laugh. It sounds ridiculous. Perhaps it sounds too easy. 
how exactly does looking at something affect a change in it? We'll just ask a physicist. Surely there must be something that you must do. There must be some mechanism involved. But no, it's as simple as looking and believing. These days, if you're bitten by a snake in the wilderness, you might look up a video on your smartphone for what to do. You would never think for a second that just by watching the video you would be cured. It's only helpful if you can follow the steps, after all. So also, if someone held up a sign and said, look at this sign and live, you might be a little skeptical. And certainly there's no power in the sign itself, but in the faith that trusts it. Maybe the sign has John 3.16 written on it. Believe and be saved. You can give someone this gospel on a popsicle stick. They might look up and read John 3.15 that whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. How can believing something to be true have such an effect? It seems too simple. How does faith work anything? It seems too good to be true, and yet it is true. When the Israelites looked on the bronze serpent on a pole, they lived. So also everyone who believes in Jesus has eternal life. It's that simple, see and believe. That's the gospel on a stick. Jesus Christ was crucified, lifted up on a beam of wood to show our sins and its dreadful cost. Snakes bring death, even the death of God. A serpent came to Adam and Eve in the garden to tempt them to eat what God had not given. Thus death entered the world. The Bible doesn't say that the serpent was in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but that's where we often picture him. Coiled around the forbidden tree, Satan served up death on a stick. Because the Israelites sinned and grumbled against God and desired more than manna from heaven, the Lord sent serpents to bring the wage of sin, which is death. In order to save the people from death, he sent a fiery serpent. The Lord commanded Moses to fashion another snake and put it on a pole, hearkening back to where it all began, a snake in a tree, a snake on a stick. The Bible doesn't give a detailed description of what the serpentine pole looked like, but it usually is depicted something like what you see on bulletin covers and in art, a snake on a T-shaped cross. Artists take the liberty of making the pole look like a cross because Jesus made the comparison himself. He foretold his crucifixion by comparing himself to the bronze serpent. In the same way that the Israelites were healed of the deadly bite by looking at the image of what had been them, so also you are healed of the deadly bite of sin by looking at the image of the one you have sinned against. To look at the bronze serpent was to look at and acknowledge what was killing you. When we are dying, our first instinct is often denial, to look away, to run away from that which brings pain and death. The people asked Moses to pray for God to take the snakes away, to take away death, remove suffering and pain. But that's not what God did. That was not his answer. The Lord didn't take away their troubles, rather he forced them to face it. He told Moses to make an even bigger fiery serpent 
to put it on a stick and lift it high up. If you want to live, you must look at it, confess your sin, and shine a light on the darkness. That is a part of what Jesus was doing on the cross, too. He doesn't just take away death and pain by a simple act of the will, as if it weren't anything of any real consequence. No, rather, he joins himself to it. He takes all of our pain and sorrow into himself. He becomes the snake on the pole in order to heal us. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Suspended on the cross, Jesus put the consequence of sin and rebellion against God on full display. Death and all of its ugliness and gore was exposed. This is what John goes on to say in the verses after John 3.16, beginning in verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. There it is. Your works have been carried out in God. Look to Jesus on the cross for healing. It's really that simple. In our epistle reading, we hear another simple presentation of the gospel. By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast. Having been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus, you have put on Christ. Therefore he has carried out and accomplished all your works. There is nothing for you to do to save yourself. Only believe, have faith, look to Jesus, the gospel on a stick, and you will have eternal life. Amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glacier Road, Onaway, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onaway, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.